Roller take one. Roller take two. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake. As he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Another fabulous, fantabulous edition of uh, Americana the American Way. Got uh, a lot going on. So, yesterday we talked about the smoke and mirrors of Congress. Pardon me. I did a podcast and video earlier. And I didn't like the way it turned out. So I'm, I'm redoing this. Um, but if you want to go to anchor.fm, there's a, a podcast up there. Um, or if you want to archive, if you're already listening on the Anchor app or anchor.fm, uh, you can go back and look at that. But... This weekend, we've got the NFL Super Bowl. Super Sunday Super Bowl. And it's an American tradition. Uh, the first two were won by the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what they call I think they just called it the Super Bowl Trophy. But it's now known as the Lombardi Trophy. Um... As you know, I'm a, a Raiders fan, uh, and I spent uh, the other evening, perhaps an hour or more, um, tweeting to all of the members of the Hall of Fame selection committee uh, that a former Raider coach and 
I do believe quarterback too. I, anyways, uh, a guy with three or four Super Bowl rings, two as a Raiders head coach, one as an assistant, and then the third may have been as a, a quarterback or backup quarterback. Well, he's got at least three Super Bowl rings. Um, Tom Flores, the first Hispanic head coach in uh, NFL history. Uh, and th- back in the late 70s, early 80s, when Al Davis hired him, it wasn't like, oh, you have to do this because, uh, you know, it's the politically correct thing. And there wasn't this thing called the Rooney Rule. Uh, which the the rule is named after the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's it started in the NFL. It's an actual rule in the NFL uh, rule book that if you when you interview for a head coach, you have to interview uh, at least one minority head coach. Uh, after Art Rooney, I think it was Art, or his son Dan, I don't know which. They're both worthless. But um, after they got this rule passed by the NFL teams, they hired a white guy as their head coach. Wouldn't you lead by example? and hire and there were very qualified African American coaches but my point is uh, before all the these political correctness rules of the NFL and other uh, things in our society came about there were very successful minorities and Al Davis the Raiders owner never gets enough credit for looking past age race or any of these other things and just hiring the best person Uh, Tom Flores was a Raider player assistant coach and Al Davis promoted him to head coach Uh, Art Schell was one of the best offensive linemen and the first uh, black head coach in professional football, uh, followed soon after by Dennis Green. I think it was Dennis Green was the it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Al Davis wanted a head coach that was hard-nosed, a, a, a Raider, and Art Shell fit that bill. He, the Raiders had moved to Los Angeles, and... Uh, it's. I guess Al thought they lost some of their Oakland toughness, so he brought Art Shell in, who was a you know big tough offensive lineman back in the uh, '70s, and then a couple years in the '80s uh, to coach the Raiders. But it's just odd that we're now forced by things like the Rooney rule to do things when there was there it, it's always been 
possible for the best qualified person to get a position. Uh, and Al Davis was a leader in that. Um, just strange. But this year's Super Bowl, you know, a part of the American tradition is Super Bowl Sunday. It's an American holiday. You know, uh, other parts of the world, you know, they go crazy for what they call football, which you actually use your foot more in what we know as soccer. Uh, but it's just, it's a strange thing. Um, but there's like Aussie rules football, which is like, I guess it's like rugby on crack. And it's like a WWF steel cage battle royal with a football involved. Uh, I have never watched Aussie rules football, but that's what they do in Australia. Anyhow. So the Americana tradition of Super Bowl Sunday this year is quite different because of the pandemic. Uh, and there are the fears, just like there were fears of um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Fourth of July, Memorial Day, when you have family gatherings, uh, and a lot of people in one compact area at a time. Uh, you know, I've seen Super Bowl parties with 20, 30 people in very, you know, small houses. Um, and so there's that fear. The Super Bowl itself is usually very well attended. Um, a 60 60,000 seat stadium is sold out most of the tickets go to NFL players and their families uh, and you can if you're a regular fan you can get them but you're looking at paying over a thousand dollars for a ticket and the city that hosts the Super Bowl usually gets a multi-million dollar boost in revenue and there are some interesting revenue streams um, human trafficking is big on that weekend prostitution in the city that hosts the Super Bowl is big um, as well as alcohol and food sales because uh, there's a whole week of events that lead up to the Super Bowl usually you know, fan meet and greets with the players, um, NFL experience, punt, pass, and kick contests for the kids, uh, and, and all of these things. And another thing that's big on the Super Bowl is uh, betting. It's one of the biggest betting days. Uh, and all, all of the alcohol and betting is probably why it's also one of the biggest days for domestic violence in America. And the Monday after the Super Bowl cost the American economy uh, a th either in the millions or maybe close to a billion. 
because everybody's got a hangover from their Super Bowl parties. And it's the biggest day for people to call off from work. <laughs> Oddly enough, huh? But this betting thing caught my attention this year. Um, I, I was looking at, uh, oops, a lot of the, I just did a broad search of uh, Super Bowl betting. I got a bunch of betting websites I didn't really care for. I just wanted to know what the odds are. Right now, uh, the point spread is, see, this is what confuses me about this crap. Let me get my glasses on so I can see what the heck I'm reading. So, it says Tampa Bay is plus three. Okay, so it's, Tampa Bay is plus three. So they're being given three points. The over over under, which is uh, a bet on what the combined score of both teams will be, is fifty six and a half. So that's from some guy named Will Brinson. It's this is gonna mess me up. Um, with okay, so some guy named Pete Prisco has Kansas City minus three, Tampa Bay plus three. So if you pick Tampa Bay, you want to take three points, I guess. If you if you were I don't know. See, this this is what I don't understand. Is this, you know, plus minus. The over-under I get. They say, if you bet the over, that means you think both teams will score more than 60 or 56.5 points combined. And if you bet the under... You think that both teams combined will score less than 56 and a half points. So in straight up betting, uh, four out of the five supposed experts are taking Kansas City. Some guy, Jason LaCanfora, is taking Tampa Bay. Uh, the records of the teams, Kansas City lost two games, one to the Raiders. I forget who the other team they lost to was. Uh, and they almost lost to the Raiders a second time. And then Tampa Bay is 11-5. and five. Uh, The thing about this game that's interesting is, get out of there. You have... This wily old veteran of Tom Brady going against the young buck up-and-comer who won the Super Bowl last year, 
Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is a, a phenomenal player, and he gives Kansas City something that um, Tampa Bay doesn't have, and that is uh, a running threat at quarterback. Calling it a day, Carrie? Oh, no. There's more. Like what? There's more to Carrie Underwood. And I should wrap by midnight. Impressive. And there's more to body armor. <laughs> nice Carrie Underwood commercial while I'm talking. Um, so, the cagey veteran, Tom Brady, he has an advantage here because he has two outstanding running backs. One is a rookie who took off this year, and I don't know his name, but he had a great season. The other is Leonard Fournette, who, uh, who did he play for before? I believe Jacksonville. No, who's the crappy team? Yeah, Jacksonville. And uh, he was a beast, and he was a beast in college because he could run you over or he could outrun you. And that's a rare talent. But he got some injuries and, and things like that, and Tampa Bay signed him in free agency. So um, that's what Tampa Bay has. The thing with Tom Brady is he's not mobile and so if you can get pressure on him up the middle that throws his game off and that's one another thing that uh, was a disadvantage to New England was uh, if you could knock their receivers off their routes because in uh, New England the Offense was based on timing. Now, it's receivers that just blow the roof, blow the top off the defense, and streak down the field. And they acquired Antonio Brown, who was, until he lost his mind a couple years ago, was the best receiver in football. So... He has emerged again as a great wideout. Down the stretch in the playoffs, he was the old Antonio Brown. So, what the game may boil down to is how well Tampa Bay has a great defense. How well they can corral Patrick Mahomes and keep him from getting outside of the pocket and making plays on the run. And then can the Kansas City defense get pressure on Tom Brady? And if they are getting pressure on Tom Brady, then does Tampa Bay say, well, screw it, we'll just run the ball at you with these two great running backs. But this betting stuff... Uh, with the Super Bowl, um, it, it really blows my mind the things you can bet on. And what I don't know what the hell this is, but it's called early prop bets. The coin toss is at 
it, if it come, you can bet on the coin toss, okay? If it comes up heads, there's a minus 101 chance. If it comes up tails, there's a minus 101 chance. Uh, will the opening kickoff be a touchback? Yes, minus 220. No, plus 190. I don't understand what the pluses and minuses are. Will the first offensive play be a run? Negative 120. Will the first offensive play be a pass or a sack? Plus 100. Will the first or will there be a score in the first five minutes? Yes, minus 110. No, minus 110. I don't get that. Uh, first team to score Kansas City, minus 130. Tampa Bay plus 110. Uh, first score of the game will it be a touchdown, minus 160. Will it be a field goal or safety, minus 140? Um, will Patrick Mahomes pass for more than 327 yards, minus 115 uh, if he goes over 127? Um, and if he goes un or if he goes under 327, if he goes under 127, he, that means he died or something in the first minute. Um, but sorry, but will Patrick Mahomes pass for over 327 yards? Uh, over 327 minus 115, under 327 minus 115. Passing touchdowns over 2.5. Under 2.5. So he's basically expected to throw two and a half touchdown passes. I don't know how you throw a half a touchdown pass. But that's the over-under on his touchdown passes. Uh, completions, 28.5 uh, over. Plus 105. Under minus 135. Uh, and then you can bet on, you know, will he have uh, over 40 pass attempts? Will he throw an interception? Uh, the longest completion will be more than 39 and a half yards. Uh, his rushing yardage, the over-under is 18.5. So will he have less than 18 yards rushing? Or will he have more than 18 yards rushing? Then you can bet on Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Daryl Williams. Uh, he's the Kansas City running back. Tom Brady, will he pass for over 196 yards minus 115? Uh, will he have two and a half touchdown passes? The over is plus 140, the under is minus 170. Uh, will he complete more than 24 passes? Uh, will he have 39 attempts over or under? Interceptions. Will he have a, a half an interception? I think he'll have a couple, actually. Uh, longest completion will be over 39 and a half, over or under 39 and a half yards. Uh, Tom Brady's rushing yards. I said he's not a rushing threat. So will he have over a half a yard or rushing 
or under half a yard rushing. Now keep in mind, if he goes and gets sacked, that subtracts from his total rushing yards. Uh, and then you can bet on, you know, what uh, stats, you know, Mike Evans, their top receiver in Tampa Bay will have. Chris Goodwin, their rookie running back that I couldn't think of earlier. You know, you can uh, bet on his, or no, is he a wide receiver? I mean, he must be a receiver. So you can bet on Chris Goodwin's receiving. Leonard Fournette, here we go. Will he have more than 11 rushing attempts? Uh, will he have more than 47 rushing yards? Uh, will he have more than three and a half receiving yards? Or no, three and a half receptions. Will he have more than 23 receiving yards? Uh, anytime TD score, Tyreek Hill minus 162, Travis Kelsey minus 162, Leonard Fournette minus or plus 120, uh, Mike Evans plus 120, Chris Goodwin plus 138. Wait, these other guys might have been pluses too. Maybe because I, I don't have my glasses on, I couldn't see them. No, Kelsey and Tyreek are minus one, one sixty-two. If they'll catch a pass, touchdown pass. Uh, Daryl Williams will he catch a touchdown pass plus two hundred? Uh, late prop bets. Will there be a score in the last three and a half minutes? Yes, plus yes minus two fifty. No plus two ten. I don't know what the plus and minuses are though. Will there a team? What team will score last in the game? Kansas City minus one twenty, Tampa Bay plus one hundred. The last score of the game will be a touchdown minus one fifty five, field goal or safety plus one thirty five. Uh, last play of the game will be a QB rush. Uh, more point. More points will be scored in the first half. Or the second half. Uh, how many touchdowns there will be in the game. The longest touchdown score will be over or under 44 yards. Uh, team to score the longest touchdown. Uh, which team will score the shortest touchdown. Will there be three unanswered scores in the game. I mean you could bet on freaking any aspect of this football game. Uh, it's on cbssports.com slash NFL slash Super Bowl slash prop hyphen bets hyphen guide slash. So uh, that's just, that's nuts. There, there, there's so many ways for you to throw away money on the Super Bowl. Not to mention all the food and alcohol you have to buy uh, for your friends when they come over. So, another thing about Super Bowl Sunday, it used to just be like, when I was a kid, when I was a little bitty boy, used to be the halftime entertainment. And, like, a lot of times it was a marching band, uh... There was some kind of Di Disney show one year. And then um, it got better in the, in the 90s and 2000s. 
and pardon me why I stroke up my stroke. Um Whether you like the artist known as Prince or not, and I do like Prince, did like Prince, he's dead now, so is he, is he past or present? I like his music, and he tore the house down with an awesome... halftime show um the, a few years ago the singer of pitbull put on an awesome halftime show uh and then you had somewhere in there the janet jackson um justin timberlake disaster where it was a wardrobe malfunction and he clearly reached over and pulled the top off her shirt and her boob was exposed and there was like a star thing over her breast, uh, like a pasty, but it was clearly planned. Uh, and after that, they went to kind of like legends. You had Aerosmith, you had Tom Petty. Bruce Springsteen brought the house down. I mean, people were raving about how good Bruce Springsteen was. Um, a friend of mine's mother, she's in the Tom Petty fan club, and she got to be in the halftime show. Um, just, she was on the field. She wasn't, like, on stage with Tom Petty. But the the entertainment of the halftime show is now expanded, and there's a whole day of pre-gaming and now there's a whole day of entertainment to go along with it. And this year, the entertainment kicks off at 11.30 a.m. on TikTok with Miley Cyrus. Miley can belt them out, man. That girl's got some pipes. The bad thing is that's not what she's known for. Uh, the, um, pardon me here, the National Anthem, which is always, uh, an important deal at the Super Bowl, um, and who sings the National Anthem has become, uh, a big deal. Uh, this year it will be a duet by Jasmine Sullivan, who I've never heard of, but she's won a lot of awards uh, and Eric Church, who I, I can't name one of his songs, but I have heard of him. And then America the Beautiful will be performed by Her, H-E-R. Never heard of Her. Then there's going to be a poem, an original poem by Amanda Gorman, who I've never heard of. Um... I'm into poetry, but not enough to know who Amanda Gorman is. The halftime show will be by, well, the headliner will be The Weeknd. I don't know who The Weeknd is. 
a few years ago, the NFL went into an agreement with Jay-Z to, um, he will supply the halftime entertainment or advise or something like that. And that's all well and good, but they were doing better on their own as far as getting talent. Um, when you called some of these legendary rock stars up and said, hey, do you want to perform at the halftime show? They were like, yeah, you know, and they were people that appealed to like everyone. And then Roger Goodell came along and said, well, we need to build uh, future fans and we need to bring in halftime acts that appeal to a younger audience. Uh, now, something strange about football, it is going uh, the way baseball went. Baseball is really, it used to be the, quote, national pastime. Uh but fewer and fewer kids are signing up for Little League football and more are signing up for soccer. That probably has to do with the huge increase in single moms who want their kids to participate in something and get a participation trophy while dad's off fathering more illegitimate children with other women. Uh, kind of a little take on where our society is going as Americans. But uh, they want to get younger fans, I guess, Roger Goodell thunk. So he decided to go and partner with Jay-Z and pay Jay-Z money to bring in halftime performers when they could have continued to just, hey, we're the Super Bowl what legend wants to perform this year? And so the halftime show has been targeted towards, you know, certain audiences and demographics. Last year, they had Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. And it was a glorified strip show. Uh, in fact, anyways, it was a glorified strip show. J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez did a pole dance and there was a really cool part that got ruined by the fact that she had to show everybody hey I'm 50 and I'm still hot and that is she had a beautiful moment singing with her daughter and Shakira I, I like her music and she rocked the guitar during this halftime show but that, too, was overshadowed by Jennifer Lopez having to be surrounded by scantily clad men and dancing on a pole. So that's, you know, the entertainment side of the Super Bowl has changed. Um, it's now one thing. It's a day long uh, celebration with music and partying around the stadium. Uh, also, the pre-game hype. 
there are you know multiple documentaries uh people talking about their opinions player profiles all starting you know around 11 or 12 o'clock and going on for six and a half or more hours leading up to the kickoff of the Super Bowl at 630 um, so it, it's going to be a good good football game and there's so many ways this game could go um, you know I mean anything can happen as they say any given Sunday you know you could have two good defenses slugging it out but you also have two great quarterbacks and two great uh, offensive minds that are good at dissecting defenses so you know there's a lot of ways this could go you know, and with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, this guy can do anything. He's mobile. He's uh, got an arm like a cannon. He's accurate. And then you have the possible greatest quarterback of all time, the GOAT, Tom Brady, who is a student of the game. Not the most athletically gifted guy, but always one of the smartest guys on the field. So Tom Brady is a winner. I thought when he went to Tampa Bay, he was committing uh, career suicide and he was going to embarrass himself. And a friend of mine said, hey, look, I I watched Tom Brady all through college, as did I, because I was an Ohio State fan, am an Ohio State fan. And I watched him beat the Buckeyes. Um, He might have been the last Michigan quarterback to beat the Buckeyes. It's been a long time since they beat Ohio State. Um, No, don't go that far back. Uh, Anyways, he's won two Rose Bowls um, back when, you know, before there were college playoffs and BCSs and all this crap. so Tom Brady, my friend, told me knows how to win. And, you know, this year they got off to a little rocky start. Then they beat the tar out of my Raiders. And I said, well, they're the real deal. <laughs> no. Uh, actually, I don't know when that, that loss happened. That may have been like the first or second game of the season. Uh, it was the first game at the new Raiders stadium. That's what it was. Um, so... But Tom Brady, you know, has shown he's the GOAT. You know, six Super Bowl rings. Um, This year, you know, he's having one of the best years of his career. Um, And the best years of Tom Brady's career are almost like a 20-year tie for the best year. Now, they had the year they got Randy Moss where they broke every, you know, record for single season and single game passing and receiving and points and offense. So, you know, that was the best year of Tom's career, but this year's been great. And every year of uh, Patrick Mahomes' career, because he's so new and so young, every year uh, is the best year of his career. You know, it just keeps getting better and better. And 
when he becomes a student of the game, which Andy Reid is going to make him if he's not already, once he, if he starts, or maybe he does, I don't know that much about Patrick Mahomes other than I don't like him because I'm a Raider fan and he's a chief. Uh, but the thing is, when Patrick Mahomes spends hours in the film room like Tom Brady does, he could very well pass Tom Brady's six Super Bowl rings. Um, and, and this is one of the hardest eras in football. The last 20 years where Tom Brady and the New England Patriots won all those Super Bowls, it was one of the hardest times to build that kind of dynasty because you have free agency just um, you know run amok and players changing teams all the time. And so, you know, for Tom Brady to stay with the Patriots, the vast majority of his career uh, is one amazing thing. Uh, so we'll just see how it goes. Uh, it's going to be a great game. The other thing of the Super Bowl, I'm going to try to wrap this in four minutes. The commercials are... Last I checked, it was over a million dollars for a 30-second commercial. And it's probably gone up recently. But 30 seconds of commercial time. When, you know, millions, 60 million people, you know, they said, what, a third of the people in the United States will watch this game? It's a lot of good advertising. Uh, one thing you won't see this year is Budweiser. They're not going to advertise. They're going to do um, uh, public service announcements for the coronavirus. Uh, flu, the flu shot or whatever it's called. The vaccine. That's what I was trying to say. Um, also, sitting here um, on the side, um, I came across... Uh, messing with my Hulu tonight um, and I noticed that actually the last couple days uh, maybe it started today or yesterday but there's been a Saved by the Bell marathon on uh, the e-network and uh, a few days ago a guy by the name of Dustin Diamond better known as Screech from Saved by the Bell uh, died of lung cancer um, Screech was beloved by us that watched the show uh, later as we got older we found that Screech was not the easiest person in the world to get along with and he was loathed by a lot of the uh, people that he worked with. Um, after Saved by the Bell went off the air, he really didn't have much other work. He started doing stand-up comedy. Uh, there was a TV show called Celebrity Fit Club where he was... Um, two of the other guests were Marsha Brady and Cletus T. Judd, who's uh, a comical country music singer. And 
uh, on their dust and diamond basically did things to ridicule and make life difficult for Cletus and Marcia. Um, Marcia, Bra Marcia Brady, the person that played Marcia Brady, has a brother that's uh, mentally handicapped and there was a, a part, a show where Dustin Diamond is going, well, you know, handicapped people falling down is funny. Uh, and of course, you know, it, it went escalated from there where she's crying and he's continued to make fun of her. And then, you know, we hear when he was on Saved by the Bell, he was the youngest of the cast and he was kind of um, a pain in the ass and kept to himself. Uh, felt ostracized because he was the youngest, but he was kind of a little snot nose uh, to the other cast members. Um, but you hate to see a person pass away. Uh, and like I said, the Screech character was loved by a lot of people. And, uh, you know, time heals all wounds. I saw um, Kelly Kapowski, sometimes known as Tiffany Theason, um, put a tribute up for him. Um, a girl from Saved by the Bell, the new class, um, Samantha Esteban, uh, she, you know, put a tribute up to him on social media, um, and, and, you know, maybe there was a, a nice side to him, it's just, you know, some people's insecurities overcome them, uh, and at one point Screech, or Dustin, had bought a house with his Saved by the Bell money. And the before he paid the house off or something, it was bought like on some weird land contract. And the, the property value in that area jumped. So somehow he, the person he was purchasing the house from was able to increase the price of the house out from underneath him and so he had like a t-shirt sale online that raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to save Screech's house and then another time when he was broke he made an adult movie uh, which went on to rival the Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee adult movie uh, as far as sales went. And this was when, before the internet took off. And if it wasn't for porn, there would be no internet people, okay? You nerds, us nerds can think what we want. The internet took off because of pornography. But that's other people's gig not mine uh but anyways back when you had to buy a digital video device dvd this ended up being one of like the biggest selling dvds of all time 
uh, well, in the porn genre. Uh, I have not seen Screeched the porno, and I do not intend to see it. I'm just telling you about it. But uh, God rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Um, thanks for the years of entertainment on Saved by the Bell. Um, I hope you were able to make amends with your cast, fellow cast members uh, over time. Uh, you know, again, you don't want to talk ill of the dead. Um, it's tragic. The man was only 44 years old, uh, basically middle age. Um, and, you know, had it not been for cancer, he would have had probably another 60 years of life. Um, I won't get into all that, but, yeah, sitting here watching, you know, Saved by the Bell reruns, um, just brings back a lot of Saturday morning memorandums, memories to my mind, um, about Saved by the Bell and, uh, being a kid and, and stuff like that. So with that, uh, happy Super Bowl weekend, America. God bless you. Pray for one another. And, uh, it was nice to talk about something that's not blood pressure rising politics for a change. Now, wasn't it? Hey, thanks y'all. Uh, this is a poem written by Steve Sable. About my raiders. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Conference, the Oakland Raiders and San Diego Chargers. Two teams. Some of those in this crowd of over 90,000 may say the Seattle Seahawks brought their weather with them. It is cloudy, foggy temperature in the 60s for this championship. Super Bowl 18, a matchup between the two best teams in the National Football League. The Redskins 31 and 3 over the last 34 games. The Raiders 25 and 9. Greg Pruitt and Clee Montgomery back deep for the Raiders. And here we go. Off the foot of Jeff Hayes. A knuckleball bounces. Pass Pruitt into the end zone. He's got to get on it. And he does. The Raiders will start to operate from their own 20-yard line. And we'll give you the lineups in just a second.